Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Transfer Portal CFB podcast presented by No Context College Football. I'm your host, Dylan Rubin King. I am joined by Adam and Parker. We're joining now heading into week eight. We're more than halfway into the season. Week eight's already underway. Had some Conference USA action uh, last night. We're recording Wednesday, so Tuesday night had some action already. Jumping into week eight. Guys, how are you all feeling about the season being halfway through? Does it feel like we're already halfway through? Not at all. It has flown by way too fast. Um, I mean, the fact that, yeah, we've got uh, – you were watching Liberty last night go 7-0. and I just – I still feel like we're watching UNC South Carolina on that first Saturday night, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I was talking with Josh that, like, we're on the pod, the, the recap. It feels like it's going so fast, but at the same time, you want more, you know? So, <laughs> like, I don't want it to end, but at the same time, give me more. Well, I mean, we're going to have football – for a while i mean tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday we're gonna have so much college football um from here on out so that's always gonna be fun and i think you're seeing a lot of the a lot of the bigger conference matchups especially in the big 10 um are happening late this season pac 12 mm-hmm. too so i think that's also what's going to make october and november so fun oh, yeah. conference championship contenders are going to be figured out in late october early november with some of these games and we've got a few of them this week but we wanted to ask a couple questions about, you know, stuff that I've personally seen all over Twitter. Um, we want to discuss what the best one loss team is in the country. A lot of people, when a team loses a game, they kind of write them off like, okay, they're not relevant anymore, or at least for right now, um, which is never usually the case. We want to talk about which undefeated team is the biggest fraud. A lot of people want to talk about who are the college football playoff contenders. I want to kind of switch it up a little bit. And then the top three Heisman front runners. I think, a lot of people have the same number one, but when it comes to people behind number one, I've seen a lot of variants. So I'm curious what you guys have to say. And then we will go into our 10 game picks for this week. So let's jump into the best loss, one loss team in the country. Adam, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say, but I'll ask you anyway. <laughs> well, in my opinion, it's really only two options, right? I think um, Texas or Oregon. On a neutral field, I think Texas would be the favorite. Um, I think they match up well with Oregon. Oregon's strength is their run game. Texas' strength is stopping the run. If I had to pick, if I were a betting man, which I am, um, I think Oregon is the better team right now, today. I think Oregon is more consistent on offense. I think Bo Nix is the, a way more consistent quarterback. Um so as of right now, it, it, I think it's very tight. It was very tight. I choose a team that, in my opinion, has the better quarterback. as a quarterback-driven sport now. So my heart wants to go Texas. Um, but if I were a betting man and I had to bet, I would pick Oregon. Do you feel the same? I, I was about to say, I, I feel the same, but I'm flipped because I will take Texas as, as the best team out of those. Oregon is my close second. Um, and it's interesting how this works out. I'm an Oregon fan, and I'm competing against them. You, Texas, competing against them. I do. I, I look at Texas' defense. Hey, I look at that Oklahoma game and say that Texas, I mean, five times out of ten is winning that game. That was a straight coin flip game, and they're going to get their second shot in Oklahoma. And as of right now, at least, I think they're going to end up beating them. Um, so I really think Texas could be sitting there undefeated very easily right now with a really high-quality one of Oklahoma. You know, I 
This is the best defense. I mean, I, I'm not as well versed in the Texas fandom, but this is the best defense I can imagine probably since Mac Brown used to be there in that era that Texas had, at least maybe from a talent standpoint, um, which is what kind of leans me towards Texas. I think the offense is going to end up hitting, hitting its stride. Just It just seems like they need to really put it together for four quarters for a couple games in a row, and they're going to get it going. Um, with Oregon, it's just – a, I worry about the, the close game decision-making from this team and the coaching staff. It's, I think Dan Lanning and people saying that, you know, he's not qualified to be a, you know, in-game managing head coaching. That's a little bit overdone. But I do have concerns about when they are playing these tough games down the stretch. They got Utah, Washington, Oregon State, et cetera. How is Oregon going to fare in those? I think Bo Nix, yes, great quarterback, great numbers. He is somewhat of a byproduct of the system that he's in right now. Um, I'm interested to see just a side note on how he fares in the NFL when it's not uh, everything just so drawn up kind of in his favor. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think your point as well, Texas run defense being a strength. Oregon needs that running game to get that offense going. Otherwise, the rest of it really doesn't work. Neutral field, I would take Texas right now on each home field. I'd probably take each home team. I think it's funny that we all – I mean, it's fitting that we're on this pod together and we all agree that Texas and Oregon are – unanimously the best one-loss teams in the country. I feel like if I had to pick a third, I'd probably say USC. However, that Notre Dame game and even the games before it, they just have not looked like a top 10 team in the country, um, especially when Caleb Williams is not playing well, um, especially when their defense is led by Alex Grinch. Everybody knows that for as long as that man is coaching their defense, they're not going to be competing for national championships. Uh, sorry, USC fans. That's just the way that that is. But um, I I definitely agree it's between Texas and Oregon. I think both teams have a loss that's you know respectable in the eyes of the college football playoff. I don't really think they have any dings on their resume yet. But Texas's win over Alabama, to me, trumps anything Oregon has done. Um, although I would argue that Oregon has probably been the more impressive team on a consistent basis. Um, on a neutral field, I would lean Oregon, but I definitely think Texas has a really good shot. I think the spread would probably be no higher than three between the two teams. Um, but I, I would say the best loss, one loss team in the country right now as it stands is Oregon. Um, but I definitely you know, capable of being convinced otherwise. I think Texas's defense to me is like you said, it it's proved me wrong because I thought Texas's defense might've been a lot of talent without, you know, really putting together a solid product, but they've been one of the better run defenses in the country. Um, and I think they're only going to keep getting better as the season goes on. And Oregon's defense has impressed me too. That was something I wasn't looking forward to seeing was Oregon's defense. Um, but they've they've shown that they can hang with, you know, some elite offenses in the country. Um, so I, I definitely think that the two teams are more improved than I thought they would be at this point. But I would take Oregon over Texas as the best one loss team in the country. Um, going to the undefeated, I'm curious which team that has not lost to this point is the biggest fraud. We just saw Liberty last night. They remain undefeated. Got a bunch more in the Power Five. Air Force, James Madison in the group of five. Those are a little hard to compare with the Georgias and um, you know Florida States and Penn States, things like that. But do you guys think that one of the bigger you know Power Five teams is a fraud? Or are you looking towards Group of Five? Uh, I can start with it. Um, in terms of the Group of Five, no, I think they are all legitimate. I think Air Force is legitimately a great team. I think they're going to play the New Year's Six this year, um, and I think they're going to really impress people when they get on that stage. I think they'll run the table. 
Liberty, you have concerns about the defense, especially after last night. But with the, how that offense is running under Cadwell and Salter, I think they are going to be just fine. Um, I do. I look. I look towards the Power Five, and I I go for a team that personally just I, I would love to see win their conference this year and, and reach that playoff that they haven't been able to crack in a while, but or ever. Uh, but James Franklin led Penn State. I do not think – I think they're going to go to Columbus and get humbled this weekend, first and foremost. I think Drew Lahr is going to be a star in the future. I don't think he is all – he is not at the level yet to where they can walk into Columbus and win and take on this caliber of Michigan team and win. They're going to need a quarterback that can legitimately win them those types of games instead of just not making the mistakes. He might not make the mistakes this weekend, but he's not going to be able to make all the throws necessary to win that type of game. The defense is elite, yes. I also just worry about James Franklin and big games in general. I think you've seen Penn State feast off of a largely underwhelming schedule. You can't point at one win and say, wow, that's a signature one. You've got the Iowa game, yes, but Iowa's a controversial team in its own right with how they're sitting. So I just I, – I do – I see them going into Ohio State losing by – I mean, we'll get into the picks later, but, you know, double digits at least. Um, and I think they'll fall – they'll end up 10-2, and 9-3. or three. It'll be another – kind of typical James Franklin Penn State year. And they're building towards something potentially greater next year, but you're still going to lose a lot of NFL talent because, again, that defense is stacked. I don't want to take anything away from that. The running game is great. I, they've got all the pieces. It's just I don't think it's there yet, and I'm not the biggest James Franklin fan in the world. Yeah, I kind of – I was in between two, but I ended up picking Penn State as well. For a lot of reasons that Parker said, I just – you just haven't seen it yet. I mean, you've seen it in spurts, right? They've gotten better, but I haven't seen them really put together that that performance. Like I've I've seen Florida State do it. Granted, you know they've they've also dropped some duds, but I've seen them turn it on. I haven't seen Penn State turn it on. Not saying they can't. I don't think have they ever thrown for over three hundred yards this season. Sure, I don't. don't I don't. Think so. I don't think they have, and they. I'm hearing all this talk about Drew Allers this, Drew Allers that. Maybe it's because the offense, they just haven't had to. So I'm not saying that they can't do it. I think they might have to this week. Um, we'll see because Ohio State can um, be a little iffy. But if I had to pick one team, that's where I'll go with Penn State because, again, I, I'm hearing all these things. We, I, I, what, what do we have a rank top three in our rankings for – a, a lot of the year and they're they really haven't deserved that in my opinion um hopefully they they proved me wrong but i haven't seen it i don't think i'll see it this weekend i agree with parker i i'm going with penn state man yeah to clarify your point so drew Aller had 325 against west virginia he has he not did. had more than 208 um yeah, in any other game this year so it's like i mean eh that's that's not it's not gonna do it for me Sorry. I I definitely thought about Penn State. Um, I think preseason hype, I I fell into Penn State a little bit more than I usually do. I'm usually on the board with Parker. I don't love James Franklin, especially when it comes down to playing Ohio State and Michigan. That's the two kryptonites for Penn State uh, historically. Um, I think it'll be the same thing this year. I, I was thinking preseason, they'd probably win one and lose one. Michigan, to me, looks far and away the best team in the country. Even though Penn State's playing at home, that crowd's probably going to be nuts. I think it's a noon game. Um, but I really want to see how they look against Ohio State in that environment, a place they haven't won in 12 years. I think it's their last five times they've played in Columbus that 
they've lost. So I, I'm, a, I'm with Parker. I don't think that they're capable of beating the Ohio States and the Michigans, but I still think they have a chance of getting on a New Year's Six stage and potentially, you know, putting on a show. I think the offense, when it's at its best, is one of the best in the country. We haven't really seen that. Uh, the run game has kind of disappointed, even though I think they're a top 20 rushing offense in the country. We haven't seen Nick Singleton go off. We haven't really seen Catron Allen go off. Um, it seems like it's been kind of quiet. So Ohio State is a huge chance for them to do that. Um, but Penn State's not my pick. I think of the Power 5 teams, I'd probably say Penn State. But I'm not super convinced with Liberty yet. I think their offense has surprised me. I think their offense is lighting it up. I love to see it. Defensively, they're very vulnerable. Uh, the Sam Houston game, they did not look very good against a very bad team. Uh, middle what was it Middle Tennessee last night? They didn't look very good. Um, I think when they play Western Kentucky next week, I think they're going to get smoked. Personally, I think I really want to see Western Kentucky put it on. Um, I haven't really seen it from them yet. I really think Western Kentucky is going to pull it together and destroy Liberty next week. I think Liberty could probably go you know, the whole regular season with only losing that game, looking at their schedule. I think that's the only one, um, but their schedule is just not that tough. So I, I would pick Liberty. Um, I think if they get into a bowl game, I could, I could see them probably getting smoked again. Um, I just think conference USA is just not that strong of a conference. So I don't know. I, I go back and forth because their offense looks fantastic. I love that Caden Salter has gotten the opportunities to, you know, run away with the offense when last year they were swapping quarterbacks. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm not convinced yet on Liberty. So I'm they're fine, we'll Dylan. See. I'm they're fine. Be undefeated. I, I think it's fine. Yeah, I think I think they're not going to be undefeated for much longer, though. I will That's say, I want to say this real quick. I want to see what Georgia does without Brock Bowers because they're they're on fraud watch for me too. Yeah. I, I want to see how that what that offense looks like when they don't have that safety net that gets you 180 yards. Coming uh, see coming off this bye week, they probably got their two toughest, at least SEC East contenders, Florida and Missouri, in a back to back. That's where you're really going to see. I feel like. Be looking forward to that. Absolutely. Let's before we jump into our game picks because we've kind of teased those a little bit. Drop me your top three Heisman front runners. Adam, let me start with you. Who do you got? All right. Number one, I think is unanimous. If this is your number one, then you're probably a hater. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. Obviously, um, not much much to be said about that. He's been lighting it up. Shout out to him. He's proving all the haters wrong. Um, he's been killing it. Number two, I'm going to go with Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. I think that Oklahoma team, we saw what they looked like when he was hurt. There's a reason they won, what, five games last year is he was out, and he's back in. I saw him firsthand in person <laughs> carve up my team. That's people were saying was one of the best defenses in the country, and they didn't look like it only because of him. He looked amazing. So I hit him number two. I think they have a really easy schedule. They're going to run through the Big 12. They beat Texas again. He's probably going to win a Heisman unless Michael Penn runs the table, too. And then number three, this one was tough. I went with Jordan Travis from Florida State because, again, he already has two 
quality wins. He has Duke coming up. He's gonna get they they play UNC, right? No, they, they don't play UNC. They play UNC in the championship game. But he has Duke. Um, he has Miami. Florida is looking like they might even be a decent team. Um, so I think if he can if he can win those three games, it beat UNC. Well, that's my top three. Michael Penix, Dylan Gabriel, which I don't think a lot of people would have, but Shout out to him. He's balling and Jordan Travis. Fair enough. I um somewhat similar, I suppose. I, I will start with Penix as well. I mean, from a similar standpoint of watching him carve up my team, but also just when the ball leaves his hand, it's like a flick of the wrist and it's going it's 50 spinning, yards. Man. It's absolutely insane. It is it is crazy. And also, I mean, the story of him coming back from so many major injuries, you have to respect that as well. Uh number two, I I mean, I for me, I think is just a little controversial, but I in terms of just value to a team, which I think is what the Heisman should be about, who is the most valuable to their team? Brock Bowers is incredibly valuable. I mean, he's going to fall off of this list these next couple weeks because he's not going to be playing. So I'm going to get him in there while I still can. <laughs> Brock Bowers, A, game-winning plays against Auburn. B, virtually every Georgia highlight you see nowadays is Brock Bowers. And, and C, take him away from this team. And where are they at at this point? Maybe they're undefeated still but they're also probably looking at an offense that's averaging about 20, 24 odd points a game. And they're winning a bunch of slugfests. I just, what he brings to the table. I mean, Hey, he's now super experienced. I remember when he was, you know, just starting out and it was like, wow, this freshman is doing this. Now he's got experience, you know, under his belt as well. I just, he does so much for Georgia and involves him in so many ways. And he's so dominant when he does have the ball in his hands. I can't look at any linebacker or much less a safety in the country that can bring him down in the open field right now. I just, I, I the position thing, obviously is a tight end. People are going to get Heisman voters. Don't like anybody. That's not a quarterback. He, he'll never win it. But I think in terms of value and talent as a player, he is number two, number three. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to go Dylan Gabriel in, in my top three. I think he just, and I've really been, I've, I mean, since the UCF days, I thought he was a great quarterback. I think last year was a lot of an adjustment period for him with Oklahoma. Um, and obviously the injuries played a factor as well, but it's such an incredibly talented arm. I mean, great arm talent as well, but I mean, just so I've said the same thing twice arm strength as well. Um, and also very mobile uh, in the pocket and can scramble when need to. He's leading a great team, a really balanced offense right now. I like Gabriel at three. I think that Penix, if he wins out, will end up winning the Heisman. I don't think there's any denial of that. Uh, and then Bowers is going to fall off this list. So I do agree that other players are going to have shots if Penix does drop a game. But as of now, he's he's running away with it. Oh, I agree, uh, Parker. We would have had the same top three. But I took Brock Bowers injury into concern, so I had to drop him out. But... Okay. Yeah, if it was like a final, like projecting the final ranking, yeah. Mine, yeah, that's mine what I was doing in the final. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Sure. What I was mostly asking was at this point, what's your top three? Point? Okay, sorry, George yeah. Travis, you're out. <laughs> I was, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, unanimously, Michael Penix Jr. to me is is the number one, and I feel like you're insane if he's not number one. I don't really think you can make a case for anybody else to be number one. Um, and I, I before I move on from Penix, the thing I want to say is I got to watch him in person in Seattle on Saturday, and – I've always felt like there is such a difference between watching a quarterback on TV and in person, because you can really tell what they're seeing down the field. You can see their poise in the pocket a lot better than you can 
in person. And man, he was taking some hits and still delivering dimes. And to me, that is one of the most impressive things um, that any quarterback can do. He's done it last year. He did it. all. He's done it all year this year. Uh, been able to just command the offense under pressure on the move, whether he's got a clean pocket, it doesn't matter. He just can see the field so well accurate as anybody in the country he's just a phenomenal quarterback so to me he's far and away my number one I'm also going with Dylan Gabriel number two and I think you could kind of prove even last year how valuable he was because when you took him off that offense that was one of the worst offenses in college football the Texas game uh, the TCU game they were terrible without him on the field and this year I think they've proven a lot of people wrong because Oklahoma didn't have a lot of hype coming into the year and Dylan Gabriel has been balling every single year in that Texas game. Like you said, he tore up a really good defense. Sorry, Adam, but you know, that's as, that's as impressive as any individual performance as we've had this year. Um, and so I've got to put him at number two, number three, I have to put Bo Nix there. Um, and the reason why is because even though they did lose that Washington game, I think you could argue that Bo Nix put up a better performance than Michael Penix. I won't make that argument. I think Penix outplayed him, but Bo Nix was just strike for strike, punch for punch with Michael Penix. And obviously all year long, he's putting up huge numbers. Um, I I want to see him continue that against, you know, Washington State this weekend, against USC, against Utah, um, against Oregon State. If he can keep that up against, you know, the as the bigger the opponent gets, I think that, if Bo Nix keeps playing, he will be a top three contender, um, regardless of if they, you know, win the Pac-12 championship or anything like that. If he keeps beating huge, you know, opponents and puts up huge numbers, I could see him being a finalist. I do want people to stop sleeping on Jaden Daniels, though, because he's putting up huge numbers. I know they have two losses. I get that. That probably puts him down a lot of people's list. But his numbers, he has a chance to put up like 4,000 yards, maybe 11, 1,200 rushing yards this year. 40 touchdowns, maybe 50 total. I mean, his numbers alone will be insane this year. So um, moving on from that, let's jump into our games. I want to wrap it up pretty quickly here. So let's start with Thursday Sunbelt action, James Madison and Marshall. Adam, let's start with you. Uh, give me JMU, man. Stick with the hot hand. Because I got to come back in these rankings. I, uh, I, I've been on the JMU bandwagon all year on the group of five watch, but uh, I'm hopping off of it this week. I think Marshall Marshall suffered a tough loss to Georgia State last week. I think they're going to bounce back. Rasheen Ali's a stud. JMU's incredible. This is probably going to be their only loss of the year, but Marshall also was one of their only three losses last year. Maybe they just have their number. I'll go to Marshall. Oh, well, says the guy who literally has James Madison written in on our pick him sheet. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I, I, I'm actively going to change it after this. I realize that. Trust me. I've done this before, too, where I had to go back and change it because I picked someone on upset. All right. All right. Well, if James Madison wins, then you can thank Parker for that because he changed his pick. Um, <laughs> I, I like this Marshall team. Defensively, I think they've taken a step back. Uh, the last couple of weeks, they've looked extremely vulnerable. James Madison's offense is riding high. I think Jordan McLeod and the Jamie offense are going to have a big day on the road. I still I can't get it out of my head, like Marshall rushing the field against James Madison. I don't know why. I, I kind of I could see it happening. I feel like this could be the game that James Madison does lose. I could easily see that. But I'm still going to ride high with the Dukes this week we tease this game a little bit number seven penn state number three ohio state at the shoe 
Give me Penn State, man. Give me Penn State. I'm, oh, no, 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 no. Give me Ohio State. I'm sorry. I'm going to say, what happened? <laughs> no, no, no. Give me Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State at okay. home. Um, yeah. I don't think we see the same game from JT like last year, but I don't think it'll be close. Give me Ohio State. Yeah, I've, I've already given my pick and my thoughts. It, it's Ohio State by 10, 14 plus at least this weekend. I, I think, and I think the ground game has a good rebound for them as well this weekend, despite all the injuries. I think they finally get that going. Yeah, I really want to pick Penn State, but they've lost, like I said, 10 of the last 11 meetings with Ohio State, last five in Columbus. Uh, the last couple of times they've kept it fairly close with the Buckeyes at, uh, at Columbus, but I'm not sure they're there yet. I'm on board with you guys. I'm going with Ohio State by double digits. Um, Air Force, Navy. I mean, we talked about them um, a little bit earlier. Air Force, they're legit. I think they're going to end up in, in getting that group of five pick for their New Year's Six. So, um, go with Air Force. Yeah, there, there's a slight temptation to pick just like a crazy military academy upset. And, you know, if anybody's <laughs> going to get Air Force, I bet it would be Navy or Army, but I they're too good. They are just too complete of a team. No, let's get weird. Give me Navy. That's all I have written <laughs> down on my notes. Let's get weird. Give me Navy. I... <laughs> I, I think Air Force is the best group of five team right now. I, I think that's clear. But it's it's college football, and it's weird, and it's service academy football. I'm riding the weirdness of it, so I'm taking Navy. Um, I could see Air Force winning by, like, 40 at the same time, though. Um, but Navy has played very well historically against Air Force in Annapolis. So I could I could see them winning this one in a weird one. So, yeah, let's, let's get crazy here. Um, 17 Tennessee against number 11 Alabama. Man, what a different game this is gonna be from last no year. <laughs> last year was what 52 to 49. That was a score, like right? that. Yeah, these yep. I, don't, I don't think they scored 52. I don't know what the over under is, but mm -hmm. I'm to if it's anything close to, to 50, I'm taking that under. I think it's gonna be just a nasty uh running game. Um, they resemble a lot of Big Ten football out there. Ooh. Well, with that being said, um I think I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I think Tennessee's Tennessee's defensive front, they're nasty. I think they have two players in the top 20 in sacks or tackles for loss or something like that. Alabama's gonna have to run the ball. I think Tennessee's gonna stop it. Um they get the upset. Rocky top. Uh for me, yeah. Women and children avert your eyes. This is gonna be a bloodbath. Uh this is a <laughs> Revenge game in Tuscaloosa after Tennessee finally beat Bama for the first time in forever. Bama hates Tennessee, but they had forgotten about that hatred for a little bit because they were dominating them. Now they hate them again, and they're going to be so angry after Tennessee got to smoke the cigars last year and rush that field and had one of the greatest venues or scenes in college football history. <laughs> Bama's probably going to win this by at least 17 plus. I, 17? Yes, Tennessee's running game is great. Their offensive line is solid. That, deep, that Alabama front can match that, though. And Joe Milton on the road when he hasn't been he's, – he still struggled with the accuracy this season. He hasn't moved the needle at all, really. Uh, from I haven't seen a, a lot of improvement from where he was at Michigan to where he is today, frankly. Um, and I, I just don't – I don't see him going on the road and doing that. Milrow's going to get a couple explosive plays. Give me Bama easily. Yeah, I – I'm picking Alabama for the same reason, but I do want to go off of the point that Adam was talking about because it's a it's a 48 and a half is the over under, which I think is nonsense. Um, <laughs> but I mean, these two teams are just otherworldly in terms of like 
this they're both underwhelming coming into this game. Last year, that was one of the most hype matchups before and after the game happened. Uh, Tennessee's been, you know, pretty mid overall. I mean, the running game, yeah, is looked phenomenal. The defense, I think, is improved from last year. Um, I think if they had this defense last year, I think they would have been a much better team. Um, Alabama, uh, again, has not really been as dominant as we've seen them, but I think you nailed it. Joe Milton on the road in Tuscaloosa. I think it's going to be a shit show. Uh, Alabama, I think I could see them by 14 plus. Um, Y'all seen Jalen Miro at home in Alabama. (laughs) Y'all saw them at home. Yeah, I don't know. I watched so him last better. week play Arkansas, and I was not impressed. I, he, oh, I didn't watch a second of that. <laughs> you watched that Arkansas game. Tell me he's been better. That was Tennessee's pass rush could be the difference too. They are, they have an incredibly strong. That's what I think it is. I think they get in his face. Yeah, it's a little difficult. I can do it. Big Twelve, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. I did not think we'd be picking this game at this point <laughs> in this season. <laughs> I did not either. Shout out to West Virginia. I'm gonna apologize. Um, at the start of the season, I said they wouldn't. They were going to win four games, and here they are, four and two. So I'm gonna own up to that. Um, I, that was disrespectful. They that could still go said, four and eight. They could still go four and eight. I think they're gonna be four and three after this week because I'm getting Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, Ali Gordon balled out against Kansas. They got them a ranked yeah. win. They Mike Gundy feels a little bit disrespected. Um, give me, give me Oklahoma State. I also have to certainly apologize profusely. Uh, before the season, <laughs> I actually said that West Virginia would start out one and four, potentially one and five, and Neil Brown would be fired by week six. Uh, wow. That's definitely not happening. <laughs> that, I, I have to give him a ton of credit because he's he's done one of the greatest just you know savior job moves and to the start of this season that I've seen from any coach. So props to him. Uh, I think Garrett Green's a phenomenal quarterback. Really, I think West Virginia's got uh, just a much brighter future than anybody would thought before the season started. They're so similar to Oklahoma State and how they've, they've had up and down campaigns, but they're now still sitting kind of in a contending spot in the Big 12. Uh, I like West Virginia at home purely. I think this was in Stillwater. I'm probably picking Oklahoma State, but it's going to be close. I think it'll come down to a field goal or something like that later. Yeah, I well, I actually have to apologize to Oklahoma State because I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the conference. Talent-wise, I thought they were going to be really, really bad. Um you know, at quarterback, nobody moved me. Alan Bowman's been forever, been around forever. Uh, defensively, I, they have some pieces, but they lost a lot in the portal. I thought they were going to be ripped to shreds in Big 12 play this year. The Kansas game kind of flipped the script for me. I'm very surprised that, first of all, how much they, you know, went pound for pound with Kansas in that one and then surviving at the end of that. And Ollie Gordon, you mentioned that guy is a star. That was a massive performance. Um, they need to give him the rock in every way possible because he is easily their best player. With that said, I like West Virginia to win in a shootout. I, I like this West Virginia team. I think it's probably the best savior coaching career job since probably Chip Kelly at UCLA, I'd say. I think he's done a phenomenal job. But I think their toughest games are still in front of them. So the jury, to me, is still partially out. But at this point in the season, they're a lot further than I ever would have thought. But I'm taking West Virginia in this one. Maction, finally a Maction game, a, a premier Maction yes. game. Toledo, Miami, Ohio. Um, This one was very close for me. Um, Kind of doing a... Little strategic pick. I got. I got to get some games back. I'm in last place. Um, I think this is where I can get it back. 
I'm going with Miami. Somebody named Miami has to win this week. So I'm going to go with Miami of oh The Miami. Of You're in third to last, by the way. You're not in last place. Whatever. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> so give me Miami, um, Ohio. Yeah, uh, a tough one for me. I mean, yeah, I, just echoing what Dylan said, glad to finally have a MAC game that really has some title implications. Uh, Miami, Ohio has been incredibly impressive in that conference, I think. You know, it definitely expected to be a contender, but probably not at this level at this point in the season. Brett Gabbard probably having the best season of his career. That being said, Toledo's the more just overall complete team, I think. It, the 13-6 for Ball State last week, I'm going to for now chalk up to just being a little fluky, getting caught napping a bit, I'm, I'm going to think. And I'm going to say they come out here and play a much better game against Miami, Ohio. Daquan Finn has has a more impressive showing. They get it done on the road. Yeah, Toledo's had to win some ugly in, in some ugly ways this year. They might have to do it again on Saturday. Somehow, I didn't know this until I read your Group of Five watch article. These two teams haven't played in 12 years. That's crazy to me. I could not believe that. I thought that was a typo. Um, I, kept, I, I kept clicking through going back. I was like, I keep expecting like 2017, no, 14, no. Like, I was stunned. Yeah, that's crazy to me. So two teams that are have never played each other. I mean, these teams, these coaches, um, you know, all these players have never played each other. I have a feeling this could be maybe the start of a rivalry at the top of the MAC if they schedule each other in the future, because these are, you know, two of the better programs in the MAC. Um, but Toledo right now is the best, and I like them to win in a low-scoring affair. Give me the Rockets. Uh, going back to the Big 12, TCU-Kansas State. You want to talk about a flip from last year's matchup. These two teams are nowhere near where they where they were last year. Yeah, I still like Kansas State. I still think they have roster-wise the third best um, in the Big 12. Uh, I, I like Will Howard. I like what Colin Klein's doing and, and all those guys. But TCU scares me because they're, Chad, Chad, Chad Morris' backups tend to um, light it up, and they look good against BYU last week. They look terrible two weeks before, but this one was tough. Uh, right now, it could change by the time I make my final picks, but right now, I'm going to go with Kansas State because I just just talent-wise, I think they have easily the third-best roster in the Big 12. Yeah, for me, I kind of I find it interesting. It's the because TCU and Kansas State uh, respectively took on BYU and Texas Tech last week. BYU and Tech play each other this week as well. I consider it kind of a four-team little playoff to see who's still relevant in the Big Twelve. Uh, Kansas State and TCU in the winners bracket now. I think K State wins at home. I agree with with Adam that, that their roster is going to kind of show its worth as the season goes on. They've definitely heard the noise, been disappointing so far, but I think they get off started on the right foot with with a win here, and I think they rally to win. Eight, maybe even nine games, honestly. I agree. And shout out, shout out Avery Johnson, man. Avery Johnson went nuts last week. Five rushing touchdowns as a true freshman. Um, Watch that out was Greg a lot of fun to see. Yeah, I mean, or or they can just play him, you know, in sort of a, um, you know, two quarterback system. I think that would work. Uh, and Avery Johnson, he's got talent throwing the ball, too. He's one of the top uh, freshmen um, coming into the country this season. But, um, I don't know. I, I like Kansas State as well. I think at home, I, I like them in Manhattan. Give me Kansas State. I think it's going to be a fun one. I think it could be a shootout, um, as these two teams always seem to play whenever they face each other. Um, but it's it's weird. This game has like zero hype after last year's two games were just marquee matchups, some of the most thrilling matchups in the Big 12. Nobody cares this time around. 
what a what a change in the last 365 odd days. But yeah, give me Kansas State. Um, ACC, this is one of the big ones this week. Number 16, Duke. Number four, Florida State. I mean, this one really depends on Riley Leonard, huh? Is he back or? Uh, that is a great question. Yeah, just I was looking at our pick and we all have Florida State, but I think if we kind of had some clarity on that, that might change. Um, right now, that is really up. As far as I, I don't think Ryland's going to play, so I'm going to pick Florida State. Um, if he does play, that might change. But right now, I'm going Florida State. Yeah, it sounds like Mike Elko said there's a good chance Riley Leonard will be back for Florida State this weekend. But even then, he might be hobbled. I mean, he was on a boot, what, last week? Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, that's that's my thing as well. Even if he does play, which I really don't know if he should, they might be – I it might be kind of rushing it back if he plays for this Florida State game just to kind of see how he can go. But uh, I think he won't be playing at 100%. Duke won't have the offense to be able – Florida State will take away that running game. They won't have the offense to be able to keep, keep pace. Think of as you kind of they, – they get some style points this weekend for the for the committee. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think getting a ranked win, regardless of if Riley Leonard plays, I still think that Duke team is very talented. But if he's not playing, that team is entirely different. Uh, that's – you know, not to be debated. And I would like to see Riley Leonard make a heroic comeback just to build to his resume, build to, you know, his credibility. Um, I'd like to see him ball out against a really talented Florida State team. But at the same time, I think for his health and for Duke's uh, season and for his, you know, draft uh, potential, I'd like to see him set out just so he doesn't rush it back, hurt it worse, because I'm not going to lie to you, when he got hurt, I thought he was out for the year. It looked very bad. Um so the fact that he's even questionable for this week is amazing. But I think Florida State's just too talented, too tough in the trenches. I like Florida State to win this one. Um, I think it could be closer, though, with or without Riley Leonard. I think Florida State might win in a slugfest. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, Pac-12, number 14, Utah, number 18, USC. Does USC lose two in a row? <laughs> Speaking of a quarterback that we don't know is going to play, Cam Rising, um... I'll be honest, I don't think he's plays for the for the rest of the season. That's the way he's looking. Hopefully he does because that Utah team is fun to watch when I'm out there. I'm gonna go with USC because their back's against the wall. You know, their season is pretty much on the line now. USC's goal is to make a national championship. That's that's the only goal. Lincoln Riley, um, can he rally his troops and get the job done? I think. That they answered the, the bail, the offensive line was kind of called into question. And I think Utah is tough, so we'll see. But I'm gonna roll with Caleb Williams. I think I think they get it done, then they get everything figured out, and they get kind of back on the track a little bit. Yeah, USC will be eliminated from the playoff race, but not this weekend. I think they're finally gonna get over that Utah hump, um, I just I can't see them going back to back. Caleb Williams is going to play a lot better game this weekend. I think the defense um, is going to take this one personally, just because of what Utah's done to them the past couple of times, and they're going to play a lot better because they for I mean everybody and their mother this week has been against USC, saying Lincoln Riley can never win anything big. Alex Grinch get out. Uh, Caleb Williams is fraudulent. They're throwing a lot of stuff out there. I think USC responds well this week. They take down a uh, Cameron Rising this Utah that offensively just has too low of a ceiling to go in that lane. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I don't think Utah's offense has what it takes to really compete with most teams in the Pac-12 right now without Cameron Rising. 
Uh, the way they're swapping quarterbacks back and forth, they just can't get a rhythm going in the passing offense. Um, defensively, they're still one of the better teams in the conference. That's not a debate, but I, yeah, I think USC backs against the wall, everybody talking down on them. I think they have a really good performance, get that win over Utah that they've been looking for. But after that, I mean, it's still a gauntlet after that. They still have to play Washington in a few weeks. They still have Oregon in a few weeks. Um, I definitely think that this will be a feel good game for USC to get over that hump, but it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to get much better after that, in my opinion. And then I'm not really sure why we're picking this, but Clemson versus Miami. <laughs> I mean, um, kind of like what I said, against USC, your back's against the wall. How are you going to answer? And I think USC will respond. I don't think Miami will. Um, I just haven't seen anything from them. I think their season is pretty much over. I think Clemson is going to take Clemson easily in this one. I don't know why we're picking this game either. But... I don't know. Uh, I'm on the same boat. I think Clemson kind of uh, similar team that's heard a lot of the haters. They're going to lash back against them this weekend. I think they get it done pretty easily. And uh, I think they're going to rally end of the season, probably run the table as well. Yeah, I, I just I can't comfortably pick Miami to do anything. I picked them to be a and I don't know why. And they won. So cool. But otherwise, I I'm taking Clemson and I'm mauling. I think Clemson wins big. And then people start calling for Cristobal's job um, because the last couple weeks have just been brutal. The North Carolina game, I can't believe they were in it for as long as they were and then completely fell off in the second half. Um, yeah, it's it's bad in Miami right now. And it looked like it was going to get better before that Georgia Tech game. It looked like, okay, they're on the right track here. They're winning games they should win. They're handedly winning games they should win, which they didn't do last year. Um, the team looked better in the trenches. They looked better at the talent positions. Tyler Van Dyke looked better. And then that Georgia Tech game at the very last second <laughs> ruined their entire season. And yeah. that's going to be proven week in and week out. I think they lose by 20 plus at home against Clemson. And you're prepared to Clemson see some, too, though, huh? yeah, prepare to like, see I some shots of the, of the empty Miami hard rock stadium. I have a feeling you're going to see it. I think whoever loses this game, the the media conference the media covers around that team oh yeah it's gonna be insane because that Dabo has some words too for for the press and stuff um this week that's for sure and we should they should just pick up a couple more losses to get rid yeah. of the fan <laughs> and they go he and lose it. it's gonna be, be like wrong. okay <laughs> so, I don't know. well we'll see if, if they can get it done i i don't know i know everybody tuned out of clemson um already but yeah, I, I wouldn't sleep on them to, you know, maybe still contend for the, um, you know, not a New Year's Six Bowl. That's out of the picture. But, um, you know, a decent bowl game. I think the ACC championship is kind of out of the picture, maybe. Um, I guess if Florida State falls apart, then maybe they have a chance. But um, maybe they still get into a good bowl. And maybe, you know, people start talking highly on Cade Klubnick for once. It feels like he hasn't gotten that all season long. But I think they're going to win pretty handedly in Miami. All righty. Well, thank you guys for hopping on with us and thank you everybody for tuning in. I'm excited to see what goes down in week eight and we will be back next week to talk how the season, um, you know, how week eight went. It hopefully is going to be another crazy, chaotic, upset filled weekend. So excited to see it. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.